2: Uh, we continue to work our way through the views of the biggest names about the David McKay situation that's heading straight to the tribunal on Thursday night. What does it mean for the game in the eyes of the biggest names in it? We'll give you up to speed on that. Harry McKay has spoken today and the Geelong game on the agenda as well. Ah, uh, very good evening, and welcome to Time on. Sam Hargrave is with you. I hope you've had a wonderful day, however you've been spending it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Of course, Time on is your say on the news of the day. Uh, we do it all. For Essendon, GWM Havel, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on one 736 So, lots to talk about. Uh, plenty happening in football as there always is, and plenty happening in the world of sport. Uh, we'll start off with uh, David McKay because the the situation sort of broke late yesterday afternoon and last night in regards to the tribunal after the MRO uh, boss Michael Christian. Believe there wasn't a case to answer. Uh, Steve Hocking intervened and said, no, we'll be sending that one straight to the tribunal. They're looking for a three-week suspension for David McKay after his collision with Hunter Clark. Uh, There's three fractures in the drawer of Hunter Clark and it looks like he will miss at least eight weeks and very likely the rest of the season. So the tribunal case will be heard 5 p.m. Thursday the afl contend that mckay's contact uh, contact was severe careless and high and that it should result in at least a 3 game suspension it's been the number one item on the agenda today and uh, gary and tim spoke about it this morning yeah,
3: but... no and you and i you and i have been uh, serious and strong advocates for the cleaning up of the game around head high yep. contact and that type of thing yep But we also, I think that we also agree here that this is fundamental to the game of Australian rules football Mm. that you attack the ball. And there are inherent dangers in this game and there are serious repercussions sometimes Mm. because of that because you've got two people attacking the same football with the same ferocity. What we're saying is they're conceding that he was playing the
0: ball. This is the Mm. difference in this for me. It used to be... You could play the ball, or play the man. Doesn't matter. You could come off the square and you could pick you I could pick you off in the center. That used to be part of the game. Now thankfully we go, nah take that out. No playing the man, play the ball. Now what we are questioning is whether we are able to play the ball. And if we do play the ball, how aggressively are we able to play the ball? And that is a question I never thought I would get asked. As a player and or lover and or uh, supporter and or media person who does footy, you can go and get the footy, but don't go and get it too hard or too aggressively.
4: At some point in the future, McKay's action will be instantly recognised as unreasonable. It will be a relic of a previous time. For now, it's being viewed too narrowly, literally. It's not about the moment of impact. It's about the approach to the contest. This wasn't an accident, as some people would say. McKay chose to accelerate to full velocity, ensuring a collision with Clark. He was entirely responsible for the nature and force of that contact as he cannoned into the saint. Clark has undergone surgery for horrific facial fractures. McKay is culpable for that damage. It wasn't malicious, but that's not the standard. And we'll debate the specifics until Thursday night's hearing. The question is, was it careless? The measure is, was it unreasonable? And the answer to both is ultimately yes. Players make the alternate choice to that all the time without recognition
5: and without comment. I see it in two parts, and it and really my opinion changes on which one we're focusing on. If we're if we're focusing this purely on, is this a, a football act and two players going at the ball? Um, I think he gets off, but if, if it's the one where, and I, I actually got suspended for this in my time, accelerating so hard from a long period away, so you're actually becoming almost a dangerous object at the speed you're running. To somebody who's not running at the same speed, they're a bit more stationary. It's like two hammers if, you know, we have got two hammers, they're exactly the same thing, but if you smash one hammer the other one's going to fly. So it, it's it's the velocity at which it comes at. So um, so the difference with McKay, he came with such hard vigour, that with, with no other thought that he couldn't have made another decision, if that makes sense. He put himself in a situation where the only thing he could have done is nearly, once he got there, is protect himself. So if the rule's going to be you cannot accelerate from 30 metres at that velocity in, he should be, I think, rubbed out. because that, that, But that's almost a new rule for me. That's almost a change in our mindset. Gary Lyon, Tim Watson, Jared Waitley and Justin Lepich
2: today with their views on the David McKay collision with St Kilda's Hunter Clark, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So the question that is going to be asked on Thursday night now is, is McKay's desperation and the speed in which he was able to mount to get the ball and win it now the wrong thing, purely because of the unfortunate injury, uh, which we never want to see on any player, uh, but unfortunately it, it has occurred to Hunter Clark. So is that now the wrong thing to do, to be desperate and to run at... Top speed to try and get the ball. If that's the case, then Jonathan Brown's mark, for example, would be looked at in a much different light, perhaps, or maybe Nick Rewalt's mark going back with the flight, as Gary and Tim spoke about today.
0: That was the the most one of the most violent attacks on the footy in a marking contest. Careless that I've seen. Careless. Yeah. Well, now they'll. Now, this is Nick Reubert, I'm saying. Yeah. Now they'll go, look where he's come from. Because they, you know what they're saying about Mackay? Look where he's come from. That's
3: right. Well, you go to Nick. He had no right to play on that ball.
0: Look where you've come from, Nick. The expectation for me as the defender is that I need to be able to mark that footy without you running flat out from 40 metres away and charging at me. Now, imagine if Nick takes that mark and knocks me out in the process. Mm-hmm. He's, under, he's under the risk of being
3: suspended on the basis of what we're hearing. OK, well, let's judge that particular mark by the charge, right, that the council will argue against McKay, mm-hmm. OK, and talk, and thinking now about that mark that Nick Revolt took. Yep. Was that unreasonable in the circumstances, even if he was contesting the bull?
0: Unreasonable because no-one else does it. I agree. No-one else does it. But that doesn't mean it's not right. That's right. And it's, it's one also, of the iconic moments of the game.
2: Just as Jonathan Browns was, it actually knocked out Jade Rawlings. So that would be looked on differently in this day and age. And this is one of the examples that we used to point to when the naysayers who didn't like us saying, no, no, the bump is is about you going the man and not the ball. And if you choose to do that and you injure someone, then you bear the repercussions. Uh, and we want to not weaponise that part of the game anymore changing the tackle to say, no, no, you can't sling and slam and drive. So when people hear those, the naysayers have always said, oh, the game's gone soft, the game's gone soft. And these are the incidents that we point to to say it hasn't. These are the ones that those of us who are trying to actually bring people along because we, we, we agree that the concussion is the most serious issue that faces the game at the moment and the long-term health of the people that are participating in it. But that, this is what we pointed to. Now, these moments are under threat. So what do we point to? It does appear that there is an agenda. So rather than just to announce a new law of the game themselves with a clearly stated new direction on what the players can and cannot do in their pursuit of winning the football, are the AFL trying to set a precedent that can enforce bans on incidents that they want to see banned, when they want to see them banned, how they want to see them banned? The well-held belief is that what the AFL are wanting for Mackay will now be the norm in 10 years. So once we enter a world where you can be penalised for desperation you show and the speed that you can run at at to win the football, are we entering the greyest of grey areas? So how do you unequivocally teach players and kids what is allowed and what isn't when you are playing the ball and trying to be the first for the ball? That old adage, be first for the ball and you'll be protected. Well, that looks like it could be under threat now. So now are we asking the players to ignore that instinct make a judgment in a fraction of a second if their approach to the footy is too fast and has any possibility of causing injury. That's like the beautiful mind scene where he's trying to predict what the pigeons are doing. Do players need to have a physics doctorate to be able to play now, to do velocity, speed and impact will cause this, better not go there. We normally laud the player who is desperate in their unconditional desire to win the ball and win it fairly. Now we're going to put conditions on how you can actually win the ball. And there are enough people uh, who hold the belief that we should be doing that, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine to have that view. So when you put conditions on how you can actually win the ball, which looks like the path that the AFL are keen to tread, there, are, there is support coming from some coaches, some people in the media as well. People have had that view today. So is David McKay's intent to get there careless? is his attempt to collect it and get the footy careless. I don't think it is. Is it unreasonable? I don't think it is to attempt to get to a contest first and by sheer luck of the physical lottery of biology whether it be DNA, extra training, more weight sessions, you get there and you come and you don't come off second best when the bodies collide two people trying to win the ball. It's not unreasonable. So the whole reason behind the game is to win the ball, isn't it? Win the ball, kick the goals. There's not a speed limit in football yet. This is, uh, Jared spoke about really succinctly today, about what Thursday will be about and what it is judged on. The conundrum of the day is where do you draw the line and where does the line
4: incrementally lift 2. So I understand and Gary Lyon makes the case passionately around the mark. That's not what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a collision which looks like a bump. So in this instance, the evolution surrounds this. Now there might be a day where the marking contest comes into it or there might not be, but that's not where we are this week. So to to run that as that that's we have a case in front of us to judge, just like we had a case in front of us with Ploughman and we progressively moved the, the limit on physicality within the game in the Ploughman adjudication, which went through both the tribunal and the appeals board to be ratified and now we'll do the same with this collision or bump depending on how you want to view it. We're not... That's, the mark is actually no part of this whatsoever. It might be one day and that'd be a fascinating debate, but it's that's
2: not what this week's debate is. So that was Jerry Whateley today and he had an interesting caller who spoke about trying to legislate on rules that don't actually exist yet. This was the point that this caller was trying to make, which it would appear this is what's happening on Thursday as well because the MRO said, no, there isn't a case to answer for. here, and the AFL said, well, we think there should be but there isn't actually yet, so hopefully the tribunal can do that for us. There was a call that had an interesting metaphor today. I had a bit of an incident last night I thought might be relevant here. I was driving home and got pulled over by the police for doing
4: 45 in a 50 zone. <laughs> and uh, the officer explained to me that, uh, look, even though I, I seem to be following the rules, uh, that really there's just too much carnage on the road these days and too many people are getting injured. And look, probably in five years' time, it'll be a 40 zone anyway. So really, uh, yeah, uh, it was best if they made an example of me and hopefully that had an impact on others. The only problem with your metaphor, George, is that you have to have caused the carnage. So you didn't just get pulled over, you have to have crashed into a car and caused the other driver major harm, and then your analogy works. I'm OK with that, Jared. as long as what we do is we change the rule so that any time someone gets injured, the player who causes it, wears the consequence? What you can't do, and you're one who's always talking about process, due process and justice, what you can't do is charge someone who's reaching out to grab the football... Retrospectively, on what you think the rules should be in the future? I think that is an excellent proposition on process and there are a few tricks to process in this and whether it's appropriate to ask the tribunal to do the lawmaker's job in this instance. Is this case law or is this rewriting the laws? If I was running the defence, the first person I would call would be Michael Christian, who's the...
2: It was the MRO uh, officer who didn't think there was a case to answer. It was an interesting point that uh, both the caller and Jared made. So Jared said that it's all about, is this careless or is it unreasonable? So the intent was to win the ball. So is it careless or unreasonable to try and win the ball, to be a ball player? Well, I would argue that no, it isn't careless and it isn't unreasonable to try and win the ball because that's what the purpose of the game is. 18 players from each side on the field. The ball is there. You win the ball. You kick goals. Is there another alternative is the other point that Gerard asked. Yes, there is another alternative for that player, but over 150 years of conditioning, we haven't taught and been taught that there is another alternative. We heard today from some coaches that they are starting to train the players, that maybe there's another alternative that's trying and go in and win the ball. But if that's, if that's what we're wanting, then we actually need to make a new law that states this or what the AFL is trying to gain and what their intention is with this. You can't punish David McKay for acting under the old laws. If these are new times and we have to move with them, then that needs to be stated unequivocally. It needs to be communicated to every level of footy that you can't contest the ball at full pace coming from a long distance away. Otherwise, you cause confusion, you cause panic, and that's not good enough when you're the custodian of the game. So you've got to be clear and transparent. Don't treat your stakeholders like subjects. Bring them in on the decision-making process. Rugby League's going through this at the moment. Even though they've got the best of intentions, the players aren't happy that they're not being consulted. And maybe the rest of the game isn't as well. If you want to bring in a new law, stand up, make it clear to clear your hand. Don't ask the tribunal to do it for you. As Jared said yesterday, it's not the tribunal's place to make the laws of the game. It's the tribunal's place to test the incidents that breach the rules of the game. So I don't think they're being asked to do a job here, that's not necessarily so. I do think they're being asked to do a job here that's not necessarily in their remit, and it has the potential to provide a significant precedent. So, we will now tell players if this gets up to pick and choose when to go hard to win the footy, or we and we'll throw the book at them when they get that split second choice wrong. When we know what choice, and, and we know then what choice they'll end up making. And I'm not being alarmist at all. I'm not going to say it's going to ruin the game because I don't know that. But it does fundamentally change one of the key foundation pillars of the game. And how do you go about achieving the most important objective in the game and that's to win the ball. So do we need to remove things like contested possessions as such a highly sought after and admired statistical uh, win that teams look to gain an advantage in? Contested possession, contested possession. We hear that every week. That's what that was. That was a contested possession that very sadly... For Hunter Clark turned out and 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 gave him a broken jaw in three places, and that is awful. But that is incident. That is the byproduct of what can happen in a contact sport in, in a fair attempt to win the footy, which is the object of the game. So, if we still believe that that's a pillar of the game and that it's still a contact sport, then we have to accept that incidental and accidental injuries are going to occur as a result of fair contact. You can't legislate purely based on outcome alone. We still have to look at the intent of the player. You can't continue to create grey area after grey area, which we're already doing if you look at Jaeger O'Meara from the same round. Or even Adam Saad, who won the footy, then knocked someone out a week before. It has to be clear what's acceptable and what isn't, and the line we all thought was making the ball your object. We were all I thought we were all OK with that. Make the ball your objective, not the man. So don't go after someone to try and take them out with a bump or try and hurt them in a tackle. Make the ball your object. And I reckon we were all on board with that. I think most of us were on board with that. But if David McKay is suspended for this, then that changes everything. And then you ask, what can you do now? What should I do now? So it does become murky. And that's an alarming place for the game to be and continually find itself in. The quicker we get this one clear, the quicker we can get back to turning our attention to eradicating acts of thuggery from the ground. So elbows, punches, things like that that seem to just get the barest of slap on the wrist. And Gary Lyons spoke about that today uh, as well, about the non-footballing incidents.
0: There was a couple of incidents of players, I think it was uh, Ben King and Tex Walker, who in a marking contest weren't able to get to the mark, so they elected that just throw their elbow to the back of the head of the opponent in front of them. Mm. To me that's so much worse, Tim. To me that 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 action yeah. is so much worse ...than what David Mackay did, yet it's been brushed aside. I don't even know. They get fined, those
3: blokes? I don't even know.
0: We're not talking about it. Because the
3: outcome wouldn't have been a broken jaw or a split head in any way.
0: Yes, but let's have a look at the two incidents. One is the contesting of the footy. The Mm. other is, oh, well, I didn't get there. I can't mark it. Therefore, I will throw my elbow to the back of this bloke's Mm. head. If we're talking about the head, why isn't the outrage on those two incidents...
2: Because there wasn't a broken bone. It's a great point from both Tim and Gary, scm.com.au. It does seem at the moment, does it seem to you, does it seem to you that our game is almost going out of its way to make itself more complicated, whether it be holding the ball, prior opportunity, insufficient intent, how hard am I able to run after the ball now? The questions I reckon that have, play, that have given conundrums to people all over time perplexed people all through time, like, what is the meaning of life? Are there aliens? Is God real? What's going on with the vaccine rollout? What happened at the end of Sopranos? Why do men have nipples? All of these are easier questions now to answer than what is insufficient intent? What is prior opportunity? What am I allowed to do when I'm trying to get the ball? The game can do whatever it wants to do, but if you are wanting to make a change and change a basic founding principle of the game, don't try to sneak it in. Be open about it, be honest about it, take responsibility for it, make it crystal clear to everyone on every level what you're trying to do and why you're doing it and how it works. We've got to stop confusing everybody in the game. one 736 736 Alex and Greg, you're up straight after this. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves
6: on SEN. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault Traffic sales event now on.
2: Jordan Agoi has been handed a one-match ban for his hit on Clayton Oliver. During the Queen's birthday game, he got Oliver high, he ran past the ball to lay a bump on Clayton Oliver. Oliver spun off that bump, was awarded a free kick. Uh, he continued to play the rest of the game, Clayton Oliver. The incident was assessed as careless conduct with medium impact and high, conduct, high contact, resulting in a one-match ban. So that's a player who elected to bump and go past the ball one week. And you wonder why we're confused. Only because... Only for the sheer luck that Clayton Oliver was able to play on, that is deemed to be w- not as bad as a player trying to win the footy. Uh, Greg's in Blackburn. G'day, Greg.
1: G'day, Sam. Appreciate you taking the call, mate.
2: Thank you. Um,
1: the old ad- I-, I followed footy for four, you know four decades, and the old adage has always been "seen ball, get ball." And with this McKay thing, I've watched this probably twenty times. I've slowed it down. Yep. I've, I've sped it up the whole lot. And you can't have three people making decisions to change the fabric of the game. It, it was sea ball C-ball, get get-ball incident. It was unfortunate. But if he's suspended, um, I'll, I'll go Tiggy. Honestly, I'll go Tiggy.
2: Yeah, no, Greg, I hear you. And as I said before, if this is what the AFL wants, then, OK, you're the custodian of the game and you're making a decision you think is in the best interest of the game. Don't leave it up to the tribunal. Don't try to sneak it in through the back door. Come out and say, as of now, this won't be tolerated. This is how we'll look at it. This is what you need to do when you're winning the ball. Don't try to get them to do your work for you. Uh, James is in Parkdale. G'day, James.
6: G'day, Sam. Mate,
2: I just thought I'd just add my two cents. to Please, it. thank Please, Thank the- you pretty serious collision and yeah. we don't really want to
6: see these as part of the game but essentially what we're asking uh, the players to do is, is sort of reprogram their subconscious and it's a very difficult thing to do it's obviously going to take a lot of time but perhaps one aspect that could be looked at that when you're trying to reprogram your subconscious you've kind of got change re- You've got to try and change the rewarding system around that so if we were to perhaps pay a few more free kicks for holding the ball or, or incorrect disposals perhaps that 10-15 metres out from the contest, instead of being absolute around getting to that contest, the player might subconsciously think, you know what, instead of going as hard as I'm about to go, maybe I do just pull off a fraction and I might try to tackle. It may not have been perfect in this instance, but if we were to try and reprogram their subconscious a little bit about what the actual reward is in each contest that they enter, then it might be a little bit
2: better and, and make it a bit easier for them to make those decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I hear you, James. Oh, my, as I said before, my concern is creating another grey area. So, what? How? How quickly am I allowed to run at the ball? How far am I allowed to come from? And how fast am I able to? How much momentum am I able to get up? And what's what's acceptable? That that's that's a grey area for me. That, that that's this is creating another grey area in the game that's getting grayer and grayer and grayer. So I, I just I, I <laughs> we need to make this these things clear. There will always be I mean this is the most complicated and complex game in the world to one pipe it's the most complicated and complex it, 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 perception everybody sees these differently. You know how you view something is different now, so we we have to try and make it as clear as possible. And we thought that the line was play the ball, be someone who is looking to win the ball and not to try and take out the man. If if this if what happened to Hunter Clark, which is horrible, if what happened to him was the result of a bump, I'd be saying, and he got eight weeks. I'd be and and he's going to be out for eight weeks. I'd be more than happy for the player who took him out to get eight weeks. If De had a broken Oliver's jaw, the way that Hunter Clark's jaw has been broken, I'd be saying throw the book, because he elected to bump, and therefore the duty of care was on him, and he injured the player, in a, with no intent for the ball. So that's, that's what we're sort of trying to get to, um, or or get our heads around. Uh, Mick's in Richmond, hello Mick.
7: Hello, Sam. How are you?
2: Really well, thanks.
7: Uh, that's good. Um, look, this is just loosely
6: related to what you've been talking about, it's, uh, more about
2: umpiring.
6: Um, and it's got to do with, uh, um, in the AFL, obviously, that uh, when a free kick's paid against a player, they have got seem to have the right to remonstrate and argue with the umpire. I just can't understand why they wouldn't give a 50-metre penalty for it and shut it down within two weeks. You only have to look at um, how when a free kick's paid against someone, they throw the ball straight back to the guy whose free kick it is because they know there's going to be 50 metres against them when that happens. So I, I don't understand why the AFL allow it. it um, it's getting emulated every weekend by little kids. They watch it, they see it on TV and they do it.
2: Happy with that, Mick? No, more than happy with that. Don't mind that at all. Uh, great suggestion. Uh, we, we have spoken a few weeks ago about being trying to change our our attitudes towards umpires to try and get the help them get the best out of themselves and how much time do they have to spend arguing with players and <laughs> copying what they cop i'd be more than happy for 50 for any back chat uh one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 uh john's in blackburn g'day john guys sam how you going i'm really well thank you
7: yeah that's the way um look there is absolutely no way that I can see how this young man, this, this uh, Ben McKay, can be suspended.
2: David McKay, yep, from Adelaide, yep. David McKay be suspended, yeah, because
7: uh, look, um, Michael Christian, in his wisdom, uh, MRO, been on the tribunal for 10 years, he would have pored over this incident um, back and forth, scratching his head, knowing in the back of his mind that this young player, uh, Hunter Clark, you know, had, had his jaw broken in three places. But you've got to understand the rules are the rules and the rules are written the way they are. Yet Michael Christian, in his wisdom, could not could not come to the conclusion that this bloke actually broke the rules as they stand, as they're written. So then in comes um, uh, Steve Hocking and says, I'm not happy with this, and he wants to take it to the tribunal, which is uh, meant to be totally independent of the AFL, mm. with the suggestions that McKay should actually get three weeks. Well, now, the, the tribunal, I've got no yeah. yeah, but yeah, but uh, Sam, but the tribunal got no case, but to simply say that under the rules as they're written and interpreted, um, this bloke this bloke hasn't actually committed an offence yeah. as, as they are yeah. I, I, because we we understand it's outcome based. So, and then then it will come back to the AFL the turn around and go, all right. Well then, um, we need to amend the rules again, and that's what Hocking will do. And, and you know, so the rules are the rules, yeah. and under the rules as they are, he cannot be suspended because Christian could not find an offence. As I'm just simply saying, yeah, as and they that's, are what we, that's
2: absolutely, John, and I, I agree with you there. I, I absolutely agree with you, uh, and that's what Jared said here. If, if he was the defence for David McKay, he'd call Michael Christian, say so you couldn't find an offence here under the current rules. So if they're trying to bring a new rule in, then just come out and say it. Come out and actually legislate it, the tribunal can't do that for you and nor should you be asking them to. So I think you're 100% right, John, and, and you make a, a great point. Hey, Neil and Jono and Jack, stay right there. You'll be straight up on the other side of this. Still a few other things to do. Martin Foley today spoke about the potential of crowds down at Geelong. Uh, also, Brian Cook has spoken today. Justin Rees from the Hawthorne Footy Club. We'll get to all of that as well. But continue, continue to take your calls, uh, your say on the news of the day, one <laughs>
6: listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on S. E. M. Tradies, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on 600 Mount Alexander Road.
4: Uh, well, uh, every day the decisions around how Uh, decisions are made about public events are based on that public health advice. As I understand it, the AFL have already made some public announcements about uh, this weekend's coming round uh, and we'll continue to work with them based on the up-to-date advice to make sure that the AFL families businesses and all victorians have the most amount of certainty that we can possibly provide so there's still a chance then that there could be crowds in geelong given there's been no I, cases in regional victoria throughout I, I, this outbreak I, I wouldn't want to commit to that uh, as i've said when the public health advice is in we'll be sharing that as soon as we possibly can with all victorians
1: i'm keeping my fingers and toes crossed i'm hoping that uh the government may allow a, a game down here to have a crowd, and um, I'm hoping for 50% capacity. If we can get to that, I reckon uh, we get by.
2: It wouldn't be marvellous, mate, but it would be uh, it would be okay. Health Minister Martin Foley about the potential of crowd at GMHBA Stadium on Friday night, and then Brian Cook uh, from Geelong talking about uh, how he's keeping his fingers crossed that they'll be able to get at least, hopefully, 50%. Um, Your guess is as good as mine. I've got absolutely no idea. I gave up trying to figure this one out uh, as well and and how we're navigating our way through our current situation. So I think we all agree, though, that games without crowds um, aren't great. (laughs) Uh, You're not going to get anything prophetic or, uh, you know, any overt wisdom from me on that. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, It's nothing sadder than an empty sports stadium if you're a sports lover, I would have thought. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Jono's in sunshine.
8: G'day, Jono Hey, good uh, G'day, Sam. Sorry, it's okay. you give me a couple of seconds. Sure. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm just. I'm seething. Seething on this uh, bump thing. Um, the players are taught from when they're young: go in hard, go for the ball, make sure you go in hard, make your presence felt, so on. And to, 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 for someone like Stephen Hawking to come in and say we want to give him three weeks or whatever is an absolute disgrace. Because you know what, this game is—it's a combative game. I don't, I don't, I don't like people getting hurt or or that. I don't, uh, I don't no uh, advocate. For, I don't advocate for people getting hurt. I'm glad that we're getting rid of the thugs that used to punch people in the head and all that sort of stuff. Yep. But we need to draw a line as to where we go with this because if it becomes touch-footy, then it doesn't, it's not football anymore. And when it becomes touch-footy, the, the, the rights to TV won't be there and so on. And who's going to critique the player that doesn't go in hard for the ball? The supporters are. They're going to say, well, he whimped on that. He didn't go in for the ball. So they get persecuted for not going in hard for the ball because they have to make a decision, oh, if I go in, I might hurt him, but I might not hurt him. So how do I make that decision? How do you penalise a person from playing the game it's supposed to be played? And, and why are you taking this away from everyone? Where, at what stage do we draw a line and say, hey, this is a combative sport? Unfortunately, there's going to be people that get injured and hurt from time to time. But if it's accidental, it's accidental. It's not premeditated. It's not. The, 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 the player that went in, he didn't go in there to hurt him. He went in there to win the ball, which he's been taught all his life. And now we're going to punish him for doing what he's been told to do? I just don't – this has just got away from me. And, and I, I think Steve Hocking needs to start to think that he doesn't own the game. He's a custodian.
2: Jono, thank you. Great points that that you make and and I hear your frustration and I understand your confusion because it is confusing and and I think what I, I really liked when the AFL said... As of now on, the head is sacrosanct. We will, if you choose to bump and you injure a player, you will wear the consequences because we don't deem that to be a true football action. You can still bump, you can still shepherd, you can still put on a block. But if you take someone out and hurt someone, injure them, then you will suffer the consequences. They were really clear on it. They put a a flag in the sand, line in the sand. They made a clear and strong statement of the game and said, this will no longer be tolerated and same with the tackle. And I applauded it. What's happening here, though, seems to me a little bit... I'll choose my words carefully. Not as upfront. The intention that seems to be on the agenda here doesn't seem to be as upfront and definitive and strong as those two were. Because I think we all agree... Most of us said, okay. I understand that. So just to be clear, if we're still going for – the ball is still the object, the ball is still the intent, go in and win the ball and we understand that that's the pillar of the game, to win the ball and then kick a goal. The basics are still there. Win the ball, kick goals, win. So if that's still what we're doing, then we're all okay with that and we're all fine with that. But this would seem to now be putting that on a shaky ground, to say, well, yeah, win the ball, but – just, there's a way in which you won't be able to win, try and win the ball anymore. So, no, I hear I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Jack's in Adelaide. G'day, Jack. You got me there, Sam? I do, mate. What have you got for me?
1: Fantastic. Thanks, mate. I'm Adelaide, so I'm a Crow supporter. So I'll say front up. That I don't think McKay should be suspended um, just due to the fact he's going the footy. But I wanted to change the topic um, a tad on the same thing. But how much of this is the game trying to suspend the action or the outcome, or is it about them looking forward in five and six years' time to court cases and things like that, where there's inevitably going to be some kind of action brought upon the league for head injuries, and they are trying to build every single case they can to look back and and set a precedent so they can say, oh, with the McKay thing, we banned the bloke for six games, you know, because... Um, that's the precedent, we look after the head, et cetera, et cetera. So how much of this is the AFL actually looking to protect the player who's been caught in a pure accident here? Um, and I've long said that the results, the injury, should have less of an, um, less of... It should matter less than the actual um, act itself, right? The Jordan Dugowie one on Oliver... That could have broken his face yeah. and he would have been out for four games. But yeah. just lucky that Oliver the heart nut, he gets one game. That that pure mm-hmm. action is way worse than McKay with two hands out going for the football. Um, he yeah. arrives a split second late. And actually, Hunter Clark, by being a bit lower kind of over the footy, he contributes more. I think McKay's position and body position is better than uh, Clark. So, I just wanted to say, how much is it of the AFL trying to protect the player who's been injured or protect themselves for
5: the yeah, future?
2: Yeah, and it's great questions, Jack, and and those are questions that I think we're in, we're entitled to have answered. And so, when we talk about grey area, this is grey area because you're 100 percent right. Um, <sighs> It seems that the outcome now... So, it, And even if we get to a situation where the AFL says, as of now, do, do what you... Obviously not do what you want, but go for the ball in whatever way you want. No matter what happens, though, if somebody gets play, injured as a result of your actions, whether you're playing the ball or not, you'll get suspended. So, Jager O'Meara, for some reason, uh, he makes contact with a player getting the ball. That player's concussed. That gets ticked off. This one had been ticked off by Michael Christian, but then the AFL intervened and said, No, we don't like this one, and we might test this out at the tribunal and see if we can get some new precedents set. And then Jordan DeGoey clearly makes a decision to take the player out. But because Clayton Oliver didn't suffer any injury, that's just a week. So you're right, it is grey area, it is confusion, and we're absolutely entitled as stakeholders of the game. And you are a stakeholder of the game because you pay your money to get a ticket, you buy your membership. The media are a stakeholder in the game because we put up the money for the broadcast rights, which 75% of goes to the players, the sponsors and everybody. We're all... It's an an—it's—it's it's an ecosystem. It's all symbiotic, but we are stakeholders in the game. We're not servants and we're not subjects. So we are entitled to have things clarified and to have these things explained to us. one 300 736 Keep taking your calls after this before we head. NBL, Game 3, South East Melbourne, Phoenix, Melbourne United locked at one all. the decider in the semi-final series and a chance to play Perth in the grand final will be decided and the broadcast will start at 7pm tonight.
6: You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault Traffic sales
2: event now on. Time on for the Essen and GWM Havel. The and Renault Traffic Sales Event is on now, tradies. The sales event is now, 600 Mount Alexander Road. Uh, Harry Mackay re signed for two years with Carlton. He spoke to Jerry Waitley today, sen.com.au. Good news for North Melbourne Tom Powell has extended his contract by two years, so he joins Charlie Lazaro, Will Phillips, and Ben Mackay. So the young stars recommitting to North Melbourne. Uh, and Justin Reeves, Hawk CEO, was on with Gary and Tim to speak about the Mitchell Lewis situation, the boxing uh, during training last week, and how that. That all unfolded, uh, and also to talk about Tom Mitchell as well, sen.com.au. Paul's in Ringwood. We don't have a heap of time, Paul, but far away. I'll
1: be very quick. If Mackay decides to bump Hunter the same way Zach bumped Viney, he's got no problem. The fact that he's collected his head is the problem. If he makes the decision to bump the player and bump him fairly and not go for the ball, there's no problem. So it's not becoming touch football. Thank you.
2: No, thank you, Paul. Uh, the, the thing is, though, that even the MRO believed that he wasn't bumping; he was trying to pick up the football. So that so this wasn't a decision to bump; this was a decision to pick up the football. The MRO, uh, that's why this is going to the tribunal. Uh, Jackson's in Port Melbourne. G'day, Jackson.
7: G'day, Sammy. Um,
6: uh, I think that the thing that I find with with this whole discussion is obviously about whether you bump or not. Uh, that that's where it's an aggressive and and you you don't have care for the other person. If it's a football action, you don't have any intent but to go for the ball, it seems silly that you should be punished for it. I, I, I can see it getting, if if things like this keep getting pushed forward, I can see it getting to a point where someone goes for a specky, a player comes back with a flat and gets kneed in the side of the head, and then all of a sudden he gets knocked out for a few weeks. And this is not going to happen if you know, it happens next week, but it just gets slowly pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And all of a sudden you just can't hit anyone at all. And... I mean, we're, we're running around on a field with no protection. These things are going to happen
2: sometime. Yep, uh, Jackson, great point. Sorry we have to chop you off there. There's a few texts saying the same thing that as commentators, we now need to stop lauding players for running back with the flight, for being desperate to win the footy because it's creating dangerous situations. So people pointing to us to say, don't encourage that anymore. Don't celebrate that. Hey, thanks for the call. We couldn't get to everybody. Really appreciate it. It's a big topic of debate and a lot to play at Thursday. It's time for NBL, though. United and South East Melbourne, Phoenix. Game three, up next.